Welcome back to the Queer Hearts podcast. Um, I'm here with Ray, uh, uh, who lives here in the Bay Area, and you are going to tell us a little bit about, uh, first of all, where you're from. Originally, uh, uh, actually, first of all, thank you, Toby. <laughs> thank you for having me. Of course. Um, I'm originally from Indiana. I was born and raised there, left when I was about 18. Oh my gosh, yeah, I left, I also left um, Mississippi at 18, so uh, it was, how, how was, how was getting out of there? It was absolutely necessary, yeah, I don't know, I was a little brown girl growing up in rural white America, and so I took the nearest ticket out, which was the Marine Corps, so I ended up leaving yeah. like 10 days after graduation, and I was out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just on that opportunity to, to move, to move on. <laughs> yeah. It's the kind of place that, like, if you don't leave, you get stuck, for sure. Oof. So, yeah. I, know, I know the feeling. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know the feeling. What's great is, it's like, everyone's different, and some people really thrive, but mm. it's, I'm so thankful that, you know, both of us had the opportunity to right. chase, you know, chase dreams, cross those borders, uh, the state borders, and move someplace else. Exactly. Um, tell me, you... you you say you identify as a queer, black, and transmasculine person. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. So queer, for me, queerness itself, like my proximity to queerness and how I see it in myself or like how I'm, sometimes even how I'm expressing it, that proximity to queerness is a proximity to safety and comfort for me. Mm -hmm. um, so that part. Black, I identify as black because through my queer journey, especially the transitioning queer journey, I am more and more every day seen as a black man by people with reductive sights. <laughs> but, but you know, I'm seen as a black man and currently culturally, uh, that means a lot. <laughs> it comes with a lot. And so blackness is what I prefer to identify as, though I am half white. My mom is the lovely fair skin, freckles, and blue eyes. We do both have <laughs> yeah. like little freckles. Uh, and so yeah, and then what was the last one? What else? Oh, trans mask. <laughs> I guess yeah. <laughs> yeah, that part. Um I'd said earlier I was a little girl in Indiana and so I was. I lived about twenty five whole years pre medical transitioning. I had mm -hmm. a trans realization mm -hmm. um in 2013, I think, yeah. Christmas time. Oh oh Christmas time. Holidays. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, trans realization is really impactful at the time because I was also an active duty Marine. So, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, a little complexity to that. Yeah. I, I, can we hear a little bit more about um, what, what is a trans realization? Uh, you have to define it. <laughs> yeah, I that's and that's really all it was. It, like from well, that's it's the most accurate and concise way of saying it. Yeah. So, I would say a trans realization is that is the oh shit moment, the one that you're like I've seen something about myself that I acknowledge that is really true, mm -hmm. but oh, it comes with so much. Yeah. I have a res do I like do I am I the person that can be responsible for honoring myself in this yeah. with knowing what it, what it might take. Yeah. Uh, so that's the kind of trend. It, like it's a loaded thing. Sometimes it's joyful. It is joyful to have that kind of like, oh, I see, I get yeah. that now. Wow. Yeah. You know, there is a name for that. But you know, transrealization. Oh, Yona, thank you for unpacking that a little bit. It's, <laughs> yeah. It is a beautifully concise. Um, but it's, I mean, we've all had moments of like a recognition of a mm -hmm. truth yeah. that, though liberating, and though it's something that like you're like, oh, it 
it's true by accepting it it comes with all this work right and now you have to you have to come out yeah there's always a coming again out, another right? coming out <laughs> another one <laughs> and we come out you know we come out in gender and identity and sexuality exactly but, well, that's, we come out in so many other ways right um so it's the same like, things so right? yeah and they threaten it can feel threatening oh yeah to our relationships our mm-hmm. security our way of waking up every day and how we walk through the world yep <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but um i mean amazing that so i want to get into that story to put those those pieces uh together and i think we can actually do that through our topic today which is dance mm-hmm. um and so we're gonna we're gonna try to piece all all of these these pieces together and we're talking today about dance because you have such a, a vibrant history and relationship mm-hmm. with it. Uh, it's also a beautiful thing. I am also a dancer. Um, I love it. I love its expression. I, um, my mother was a dancer, and so oh, she, I think, passed it on to me. I grew I love up. that. Yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so sweet. Uh, did the ballet and tap classes as a kid, oh. you know, did all that, and then uh, also, like, you know, twirled in the living room <laughs> to, like, Mamma Mia on the little like cd that's the energy yeah. yeah that's the energy did that you have it. did you have something to twirl with though did you get oh, a sheet or a towel fabrics, did you get... towels very um, that's I, wore, I wore towels that's like it. they were hair that that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's and it then, good t- towels like a wig and then was spinning <laughs> that hair around to mama mia you know so affirming oh it was very <laughs> i was like how did y'all not how'd you not know no idea <laughs> You're um, talented, though. They loved it, though. It was <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, but this is about you and the the you mentioned you first uh, maybe one of your first encounters was garage dancing. <laughs> right. What does that mean? Tell me. Um, garage dancing. So being from rural Indiana, there are not very many brown folk out there. I I like to say that me plus like two of my friends equal like the one and a half black person that graduated in my class you know we're all mixed kids and so the brown kids sometimes would hang out i had a girlfriend from us uh, like the next town over and she was having a little gathering with her school friends and she was from Honduras, but mm. they were listening like bachata and merengue yeah. and stuff in a little yeah. garage. We had a keg. Who gave it to us? Who knows? The high schoolers <laughs> just doing their thing. But it'd be like at somebody's dark garage. You know, we'd be hanging yeah. out in the backyard and cycling in and out through the garage and just dancing right. whatever bastardized <laughs> style of dance right. we wanted to because right. it was about us just like hanging out and partying there. So it's like I had got familiarity with the music that I ended up dancing to and like Mm. performing and teaching like through just hanging out, finding brown, (laughs) brown garages to wiggle with somebody. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So it's like this safe space, if you will, where this community of people came together and kind of like mixed their different, you know, musical preferences Mm -hmm. and like passions and have a fun time. Exactly. Like, and it's like the the structure of dance, especially like Latin dance, and they're generally couple dances, yeah. and social dances are, are a thing of just like walking up to a stranger and you're there for the purpose of dancing and connecting with that way. It's like you go to socials to dance with strangers and have right. that experience. So it right. bridges a lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so that's where you were introduced to social dancing. Yeah, in that way, in our little garage style. Little garage, it grew yeah. more when I was in the Marine Corps. Once, once I really, yeah. that melting pot, the true melting pot of these are people from Brooklyn. I've never met mm. someone who's from this place, from this. And then we go to an e-club on base and yeah. that place has to play music literally, like you said earlier, for everybody. We have people from all over America wow. in one place. And so I'm getting exposed to music and people who want to dance wow. and who have different skills who grew up dancing. Wow. You know, yeah. and so it really, social dancing picked up more there. What's an e-club? e-club the enlisted club the so enlisted club. yeah i was a i was a marine <laughs> out in okinawa japan and yeah. so our e-club we had to be back on base at midnight a little cinderella liberty mm. um so we came back at midnight so the e-club uh, it would be open until about three or four and we just on base on base so everybody oh. would wrap up their night race to get back on right. base by right. midnight and then we'd all just go head straight to the e-club <laughs> we're like whatever Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow! I've so yeah. There's really this kind of Marines only. Yeah, um, it was called Ocean Breeze. Oh the wow! Ocean Breeze on base. Yeah, uh, because there's a curfew. Mm-hmm. Wow! And so it's like interacting with like Japan. Literally, yeah. And then coming back and interacting with a very, yeah a very like would it be an american melting pot of it's exactly yeah it's all the different service members on base and on our base it was mostly marines and corpsmen so navy corpsmen um but yeah we'd be out there acting up they had their separate places for different ranks to try Mm. to avoid fraternization and all that but Mm. yeah aside from that is a melting pot wow and i'm before we go more into this story was there have we passed the moment at which perhaps you fell in love with dancing or realized that? No, not yet. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't gotten there yet. No, okay. we haven't gotten there yet. It was just kind of, it was kind of the thing. By the time I was dancing in Japan, yeah. I was, something the Marine Corps gives you is like really undeserved cockiness. And so I was like really faking it until I made it <laughs> when it comes to like my, what I thought my skills with dancing were. Yeah. Um, so I, I was really taking a lot of, Kind of like I was, I was danced with often in those spaces because I was one of the few females, as they, we call it, female Marines. I was one of the few female Marines who led. And so mm-hmm. I, when I was dancing, I was willing to lead the other girls. And right. so it was just kind of a thing. We were always dancing together. Right. Um, so I think that was, I saw really the significance of being a lead as a female mm-hmm. in the military mm-hmm. before don't ask don't tell because wow. i was out there before because it got repealed in september 2011 i think okay, so it was yeah. really yeah it was like a, yeah. a little interesting queer dance tightrope we were walking um right. the bravery of dancing queer in public at that time yeah and can <laughs> so. you can you tell us, in case anyone doesn't know, like the ramifications of, of that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so don't, don't ask, don't tell. I guess TLDR is if you're gay, we ain't going to ask you and you don't tell us. Don't give us too many mm-hmm. um, deets that you may be gay. Uh, the possible ramifications of that would be generally administrative separation from mm. the military promptly. Yeah. Um, and the thing Got is, it. it wasn't that we had people that weren't very obviously gay or whatever obviously gay is. Right. Um, you did, it's not you didn't have flamboyant people or very butch women running around. It was right. really like, if the wrong person gets the information about you, it's really dangerous. And so right. I've seen it, unfortunately. it was oh it's, it's generally weaponized. Uh, so yeah. it's not something, yeah, that was right. kind of what it was like. Oof. 
Um, and that was repealed in 2011. I believe it was September 2011 because yeah. we had quite a little party at the Ocean Breeze oh on base to we celebrate like, being yes. gay in public. Uh, we were dancing all kinds of shit. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like how was yeah how was that moment? How did that feel? Like it was it was in, it was funny because it's like honestly we were gonna do our dirt anyways because you know queers yeah. get down so we right. were we were having our fun. We always find a way. <laughs> yeah, we were having our fun anyways, yeah. but like really it was. We were planning ahead to make sure we were back on base, and I have one friend that was there with me. Their name is Ace, and they're a Latin dance instructor now internationally. Wow. We started dancing together out there at the E Club, and now yeah. we've gone full circle and met each other at different congresses and stuff. Just happenstance. It's really like yeah. yeah. But that celebration for Don't Ask Don't Tell being repealed was, I don't know, like. It's one thing to say safety, but it's another thing to say like stability because I no longer have to risk losing my yeah. source of income, my career, what I exactly. say I'm proud to do. Yeah, you know. what you have invested in. Or invested in, yeah. Not yeah. fun. Marine Corps boot camp is not fun in case you haven't heard. <laughs> <laughs> so I want my cash back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've not heard. I've not heard fun. <laughs> used to describe it intense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, wow. Um, mm. So. Marine, so we came back to from the garages to the marine social dancing mm-hmm. to this like period where now you can be out in the mm-hmm. marines, um, and then at some point in here you you had a partner and you mm-hmm. were engaging more in in partner partner dancing at the time. Is that right? Well, I was trying to, and so at some point I moved back two thousand. I'd say March two thousand twelve or April two thousand twelve. I moved back to America, mm-hmm. um, and promptly met a young lady. Um, mm-hmm. Don't ask, don't tell. Is repealed. So yay, we're gay in public. We yeah. end up getting engaged and married. I was at that time still finding that that kind of melting pot of dance that I experienced in Okinawa as like a really kind of carefree place. Mm. It was not so going to a, a loud club and whatever. So I wanted to have opportunities to go out with my partner at that time. Um, and we had planned specifically uh, to go out after a friend Christina's uh, wedding. And mm. we ended up, we ended up not. <laughs> at I that see, point we had like a, this, there was this like looming cloud of a, a potential separation. And so Though I wanted that dancing to happen, it never really happened for me, but eventually it did. Um, my current partner is someone that I met through mm. dance, and we had a very integrated dance, social dance um, presence together after yeah. meeting. Yeah, okay. So with with the past partner, you were involved in partner dancing, mm-hmm. and it, you, you mentioned it, it was pretty casual when you're still looking for that that melting pot of people yeah it's like uh, there's when anytime i move one thing about being a marine is that you move mm. frequently right you're right. going to move every year and a half two years you're bouncing around you're constantly trying to get to know the people around you and all these things right. and i've always whenever i move there are two places i go i go to the gay bar and i go to the social dance if i find yeah. a latin social dance i know that those are two communities that yes. i feel safe in and then they all yes. they're expansive yes. both of them like yes. you look the closer you look the bigger it gets so yes. Um, very true. <laughs> you know, yeah. So it's like that's why I always end up going there. I look for those kind of connections, and I was hoping to find that alignment in the previous relationship that wasn't mm. there. But mm. what it did serve for me at that time is that you know after having that difficult day following the friend's wedding, I ended up 
taking a chance and saying, I'm going to go out by myself, you know, yeah. and to say, where am I at on the black queer trans spectrum at that point? That's post-trans realization. So mm. I I was still active duty in the military, mm. but I was post-trans realization. And though Don't Ask, Don't Tell got repealed, being trans in the military was still an absolutely punishable offense, got right? It. And so that wasn't safe anymore. I had that, had that realization. I had uh, been really candid with my partner about it, and mm. it ended up being something that she wasn't. That was the separation space I was feeling, uh, was her yeah. kind of going through the... How am I with right. a trans partner? My my wife is trans, right? right? And so that's that was that separation. So going out, the irony of it all is that I was kind of reeling it back because yeah. I was like, oh, I saw the fear in her eyes. And baby, mm. did I throw on that heel and that dress? Right. Did I put that makeup back on, <laughs> baby, to try to save that? Yeah, and yeah. at the same time, mm. I had so much shit going on, so many other reasons why we weren't ready and compatible at that time outside yeah. of the trans thing that probably made it yeah. a lot more difficult to digest. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the looking back, girl. That's the lesson we learned is that that was obviously for the best. But that night that I went out, mm. since I'm post-trans realization and I'm in this bright mm. pink dress with these mm. three and a half inch pink like Girls. pumps, like yeah. literally I walk into the safe, it's called the salsa room. Oh, it used to be called the salsa room. I don't think it exists where it was, but it was in Arlington, yeah. uh, Virginia. And I walked out there, this anonymous, anonymous gal in this yeah. dress. Yeah. And like... I saw people see me and I had this like safety of anonymity, but I didn't know how I wanted mm. to exercise my queerness in that space. I see. Uh, I was like, right. okay, I'm used to leading women. Right. And so do I walk in here and this thing being this anonymous queer yeah. trans person that's going through all this shit right. and do I come in here and start leading women yes I do yes. <laughs> that's what I did yes. someone out there I was partying <laughs> I had guys yeah. leading me and stuff but but you also you know grabbed grabbed some women and, and led women exactly yeah. I took that chance right. <laughs> yeah right and it sounds like that paid off it sure did eventually because yes. um, it sounds like that is how you met your next partner yes right? yeah leading you, you did you lead her on the dance floor is that how <laughs> okay so <laughs> yes and the reason why that yes is so funny yeah um it will be revealed shortly so i i was dancing a lot of partner dances i started doing teams i was on three teams at one time yeah. in the like dc area and so in 2016 one of my teams got invited to perform at a congress in la so congress is just a festival never another name okay. for a gathering okay. of dancers doing workshops and things okay um, so we, I, my team got invited to perform from DC, right. her team got invited to perform from Mexicali, Mexico. Yeah. And so she was there training for a couple of years. We happenstance. She says we met on Friday in the elevator. I was drunk. My friend was drunk, so I don't co-sign that. <laughs> so I think we met on Sunday, which is the last night of the party. Okay. At the actually it was at the pool party during the day, mm -hmm. and so this is why what you asked is funny. Mm. Um, it was a pool party. My friend was DJing. It was all like reggae dance hall. Yeah, and yeah. my friend Vladi knew her. Okay. Um, and then what he did is he uh, he basically grabbed me. She was doing a booty dance, a like dance yeah. hall booty dance on yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, and he just grabbed me and just kind of, she was fixing her hair and slipped me into, right <laughs> into in the spot. Right, right in between. Right. And um, then he walked away. <laughs> and then we kept dancing and she looks back yes. and she's like, she looks who is, back. Who is this? So the first time you locked eyes was, was 
she was looking back. Oh, looking back. Looking yeah, back. she was she was dancing on me at the time, and then being like, "Who are you?" And then uh-huh. I guess that Vladi did it though because he had she had asked yes. him about me uh-huh. and like who is that, you know, whatever. Yes. And so I like to say I had three whole chin hairs at that time uh-huh. um, because I got out of the Marine Corps in 2014. Yeah. So I was able to start like actual medical transition in yeah. 2016 after doing the realization again because I stunted myself a bit by. Right throwing that dress and heels back on yeah so yep uh wow so you you did meet i I love the significance of kind of meeting in the look back yeah um it's funny because i've i've done the same (laughs) that is how i met simone (laughs) (laughs) you know it was a over the shoulder oh oh hi Um, and now, you know, we're boyfriends. Uh, so there's, there, there's, there's something, something about looking back at it. There's something about looking back at it. <laughs> there's something. Um, so I'm also curious about, you mentioned, uh, specifically like as you traveled, going back, the looking for both the queer community and the social dance community yes. yeah. that has your two kind of anchors. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me about the kind of similarities and differences of those. Great. That's a great question. Okay. Um, I st- I think there's a, there's one thing. So if I have to p- put a de-boop through my little robot brain, uh, <laughs> the easiest way is kind of structurally. It's structural. So I said main thing is expansive. We yeah. get that because we're in it and we experience it. It's a lot easier to say expansive and know what we mean because we do it. Right. Um, but like I'd say something as simple as um, if you're – really in, uh, interacting and engaging in either of those communities there's a certain hierarchy that yeah. breath, adds breadth of education yeah. um you know all these different things and right. by that i mean like i was in dc and i was welcomed and joined into the right. lee drag family and so my drag mother in dc is shaquita lee okay. and she was the first drag queen to perform in the white house and all these things so i'm just like i love my drag family <laughs> and from there i meet all these different queer professionals and lost queers because drag wow. drag queens mother those who you know don't yeah. have their mothers so we're all learning connecting doing that uh chosen family thing Amazing. you know really doing that and yeah. it feels the same thing for for dance but it depends on why you're doing dance right so i'd say it, it that drag family thing mirrors closely to when you've decided to start pursuing a team and mm-hmm. so now you have your coach you have your right. my my mentor right. i'd say has the same same space as my drag my drag mother does because my my dance mentor named me right when i had my oh, trans wow. realization i changed my name like yeah. i don't have a dead name my name is rachel like I, my preferred name is ray Right. Uh, by prefer my preferred name at first was Ray R A Y, and uh, my instructor was like, "No, she's like you should spell it R E Y." She's like, "This is your chance, you know. You're getting to." to she's like, she's yeah. like, "Change it, spell it R E Y." Ray is king in Spanish. She's like, yeah. Maybe, she's like, do it." Just I'm yeah. like, "Okay," and that my is all like she named me, so like it's really the same feeling of like yeah. the closer you look, the bigger it gets. Um, yeah, yeah, very true. I love the the analogy there with the queer community you might eventually choose to do drag and there's mm-hmm. its own family and its own now there's pageants or there's mm-hmm. competitions or exactly there's, and you travel mm-hmm. and your connection in those places is again you can kind of go anywhere and find people to connect with because mm-hmm. of either you know your queerness and queer bars or social social right dancing, so and i get different things yeah. exactly like they're safe spaces but they, i feel like very different things there's a, a mm-hmm. real like internal 
I feel like the the connection, the relationship I have in the queer community is something that makes me look in and I'm constantly, and it helps me do an inventory and kind of clear the soot and try it on and take it off and yes. ooh, that didn't look good, girl. You know, do that yes. a little bit in the yes. safe space, that that internal stuff. And then the dancing for me was like, how do I, how literally you're dancing mm. on a team, how am I perceived? How can I move? How can I, mm. you know, communicate with this person outside of myself, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a little, a little different. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like there's more uh, freedom to try in the queer space mm-hmm. and then oh, the yes. partner space was a kind of, the partner dancing space was like a place where you could display mm-hmm. things you've tried, yeah. own them sh- and show them to people who weren't necessarily queer and yes. get that, get get the unsolicited feedback <laughs> no and really like seeing uh, there was definitely a time where seeing they have same gender dance categories like competition categories and such but like seeing at a, a performance normal performances of, of females ladies mm-hmm. leading uh was really was really not I, it, like it wasn't around frequently enough for me to say i saw more than two other mm-hmm. like leads at the time Uh, or like female presenting leads and so it's I I, for me going through it it's like you're you're also when you go to the social dance community you're subscribing to also the people of the community we it's heavily influenced by traditional Latin thought you know we have a very big binary that's used there's men's and ladies and there's uh, the expectations (laughs) of that come with it and so with me being some of the I, when I started the transition, doing that and right. still being in my social dance community, my appearance changing, my yeah. voice changing, how yeah. I dress changing, and all this yeah. stuff, and it being yeah. very public, it was letting me practice through the guise of like, I've been practicing this dance and I'm ready to show you this well-rehearsed choreography. Mm. I was also practicing how to be mm. that person that was trying to be, trying yeah. to learn how to be, trying to figure out who it was yeah. at the same time. You yeah. know, <laughs> it was like, Wow. Two for one deal. Yeah, um, it's, it's. I I know you and your current partner also do a, a queer partner dancing space. Mm-hmm. Right. So I do want to touch on that soon, and it, it sounds like there's kind of an almost obvious line of like you existed in both of these spaces, mm-hmm. but just as you said, the the partner dancing space is very gendered and traditionally mm-hmm. so in ways that you didn't see a lot of uh, female-identifying, female-presenting mm-hmm. leads, um, and perhaps, you know, wanted to see more, wanted to right. see more more queerness, but just, like, more, um, how would you say, uh, more difference. Yeah, more. like, literally just, like, if you were to, I don't know why my brain, like, as you were saying mm-hmm. that, is seeing, like, if we, if we were to say the binary of man, woman, and there's right. a line in between it, like, literally, just at least, like, erase some little dashes in there or something. Right. Like, don't make it so this it's, or that. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. It's kind of weird to be so. And also, like, there, were, mm-hmm. the, there was a lot more openness or, like, willingness to acknowledge, like, the gay male dancers, right? Yeah. Because there's an amazing proficiency. They're amazingly skilled queer and gay dancers, right? Yeah. Um, and so, but the women's side of it, the ladies and, yeah. like, having space for that masculine in the leading was not quite as like there at least in my experience yeah so you made it happen and yeah it's beautiful because a space like like that actually meant a lot to me 
um, I studied abroad in Buenos Aires. Ooh. And, you know, yeah. tango. We love <laughs> tango, such a sexy dance. Um, yeah. Quite difficult. Argentinian tango. Argentinian yeah. tango. And while I was there, you know, like you, I was looking every place I went. I looked for, you know, the queer spaces. And I, you know, love to dance. So mm-hmm. I'd look for places where people really dance. Mm-hmm. And not so much just like a sit and drink and talk. Right. Um, so I'd find the dance clubs or venues. Luckily, it, I could probably say that out of every place I've been in South America, mm-hmm. everyone dances everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's, I think that's more common. Yeah. Um, which is a beauty because it, I think in a lot of parts of the world, that's not the case. Right. Uh, people don't necessarily go to the club to dance. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas that's uh, that's that's what I'm here for. And I found a queer tango space, and I remember that being so liberating because I I just couldn't get into the the tango tango yeah um, because it felt like I, I had to lead and mm-hmm. the truth is like I wanted to do the fun foot stuff I wanted the heels right I wanted a, a nice strong man to hold me <laughs> <laughs> right and uh, you know and but you know what I also wanted to try that other side um, okay. as well so. I got to do that, and that, that like meant the world and kind of opened up, reopened partner dancing for me, which I hadn't tried in a long time because of that gender binary feeling. So, like, you know, since I came out, I was like, uh, this feels very not, not yeah, enough for me, and I don't think I'm gonna, I didn't engage, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's really in the way that you were like, the space isn't queer enough for me. And I want to acknowledge also that the, mm. the queer dance company is called In La Cash Dance Company. It's yeah. Oakland, California. I did not make it. Um, me and my partner didn't make it, but we were okay. instructors for a team. And oh, so Jahaira and Angelica made it. Uh, if you look them up, <laughs> they, they're great. And they, they've helped to build expansive community under themselves also. Awesome. Um, so, but... I, I think it's funny because when you think of like tango, it's like, you know, the space isn't queer enough. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, I've had this, this assuredness in myself and I need to make sure I'm in spaces that kind of like mm-hmm. facilitate like honoring that person. Um, it's, it was really weird, especially after I started, when I, when I moved to Arizona, when I moved out of the DC area, mm-hmm. um, with dancing and with everything when I was like, I'm so queer, when I, as I started medically transitioning more, I got less and less perceptively queer. Mm. And like, that was kind of like one of the most devastating parts of transitioning is being reduced right. down, because my partner is a cis female, right. and so being reduced down in my eyes of like a hetero, like a right. heteronormative couple. And yeah. um, for me, I realized that not having a queer space or not having that queer acknowledgement myself, I was actually mm. putting on a shit ton of like toxic masculine things mm. that I was expecting of myself oh my and what I thought I needed to do and be. Yeah. And so it yeah. was, it was really weird. I was like, it's oh. strange vibe, dude. Like, where did you, yeah. I didn't know I had all these expectations of wow. men, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. very stressful. <laughs> wow. That's, that's like, that's big. Just by appearing, literally at, just by appearing and essentially passing mm-hmm. as, um, as someone who by an outsider would assume, you know, cis heterosexual, mm-hmm. you almost feel the weight of the cis heterosexual narrative exactly and i was like why do i have all these things oh that gosh. i just like expected and i never you know right. like i wasn't the most progressive i was raised fairly traditionally in indiana even yeah. though i was a very queer brown person myself yeah. Yeah. um but yeah it was it was really strange and that's been 
coming to the Bay has been the unlearning that. Mm. It's been giving yeah. me the space to unlearn that. Oh, that yeah, that's great. Um, wow. Yeah, it, it's it's very true. Is that the appearances can really play into obviously perception, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's. Oh, I, I mean, I think from from my point of view, I know that these days I, I try to dress extra queer. You know, yeah, dangly earrings, <laughs> right? A weird haircut. Um, yep. I'm pretty sure I have a gay voice, and I'm just owning it at this point. Uh, whatever the gay voice is. Right. Um, and I, uh, I've even bought a bunch of skirts to twirl around See? in. And yeah, I, exactly. And I'm waiting for the day that I just start wearing those out mm-hmm. in, the, in the light of day. Uh, for practicality, it still hasn't quite made sense. No, not, not yet. But maybe that's just my own There's black. a street fair coming up that I deserve <laughs> the skirt. Right? Um, <laughs> so it's, I mean, you could talk a lot about that. I remember, I remember my first time in drag where mm-hmm. I did the nails, I did the wig, I did the makeup. I still had my beard, uh, which isn't huge, but, and I was wearing this, like, everything was tight and slutty. That's what I wanted. <laughs> you like, um, yes. I was here for it. I was having a fun time. I couldn't do shit because I was in heels and I had long nails on. So I was like, right. I'm basically handicapped. Yeah. <laughs> if I need to. But you're beautiful. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I felt fantastic, but I'm like, if I need to, you know, like run or like do anything with my hands other than gesture, it's not. I can't. No. My phone, I, could be, I couldn't tie my shoes. Luckily, heels don't have uh, laces. And mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. yeah it wouldn't <laughs> be possible. No. Yeah. Um, but th- from that experience, I remember walking home from the club, which was like a, a queer, o- it was Oasis. It was oh, yeah. Super friendly space. Had a ton of fun. Felt really like, wow, this is such a fun time to try this on. I actually, uh, I got catcalled on my way home. Ooh, how affirming. Yes, lady of the night. Oof, uh, but it was so <laughs> conflicting because it was like this rando car that kind of slowed down on, on its, you know, like stuck their head out the window and said, you know, they, these were, ma- at least they were, they looked, they seemed to be men. They were certainly masculine presenting. Yeah. And they said something along the lines of like looking good or like a whistle um, but I think they also used like a kind of derogatory term in there mm. as well. Um, I couldn't even remember because I honestly couldn't fathom that it was happening because it yeah. it's never happened. And this <laughs> is, like, am I offended? Did you just cat call me? <laughs> and am I offended? Like <laughs> one cool that, I'm, that my that I'm passing for for you know f- enough femininity that you yeah. cat call. Um, but two. I'm also a little scared because I'm like, what if you decided to get out the car? Exactly. And then what if you realized I'm a man or I'm not as feminine as you thought I was? And you get angry. And then you're angry. Yep. And that anger is really yours to deal with, not mine. Yeah. But what if you took it out? My head's spinning with like, oh my God, like this is dangerous. That is uniquely the queer experience, everyone. (laughs) Wow. Fear for being out in public. I mean, that, (laughs) even if I was, even if I was a woman, uh, full and and it wasn't even queer, I was like, still, this could be dangerous Mm -hmm. if someone wanted to, to take me, to touch me. Right. And I'm just like, that was the moment where I just like, can I have the experience of, of, of the other gender? Um, I mean, I'm going to say I haven't, right. but that's as close as I've come. And it was, well, at least in that, in that scenario. And it was illuminating. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. like everyone should 
they should really have an understanding of what this is like. Yeah. If we're going to make any judgment of each other and progress. Absolutely. And it's, it was just, yeah. I love like also being trans mask and mm-hmm. also I'm at the point that like I'm passing to where I get to tell people I'm trans mask and I choose to because I'm passing and I get to tell you know yeah. I sometimes I strategically and especially in professional spaces will out myself yeah um and so like there is a little bit of like the man behind the curtain that I get to hear of like this type of conversations that go on when yeah. people don't think there's <laughs> there's a queer the person oh a gosh. woman in the room right uh, whatever like the one specifically because talking about your experience being perceived more oh feminine gosh. and more <laughs> more as a woman at that is that we had there's a professional who was making signs for us um for this signage for new things in the room she came in just to ask about the simple professional task that she was doing she got the answer she's doing something for us um with her skills (laughs) and she walks out of the room and we have maybe four grown ass men in there um and they say there's like silence and they after the door closes and they one of them says that's the problem with women in IT. And I'm just like, my ears perked oh. up. I'm like, ooh, baby. Oh. What's the problem with women in IT? You said that? I know. I am said that's the girl in my head did. Because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm right. just like, okay. I'm like, right. what are these dumbasses about to say? Right. And I said, what? And then they proceeded mm-hmm. to start talking about oh, her, her appearance. She was a gorgeous ginger, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but they proceeded so, to yeah. reduce her down to her appearance, appearance and yeah. uh, uh, body parts and things that were oh, very crude. Just discussing um, the you, colleague's body parts. Absolutely. Just like that. And I was like, actually, this is where I did say things out loud. Right. I said, actually, it sounds like a problem with the men in IT. And then it was a... a, a back literally it sounded almost exactly like that yeah and yeah dispersing from the room right so i'm just like weird energy guys (laughs) oh yeah um (laughs) oh yeah i professional that it's so valuable this perspective Mm -hmm. even though i don't believe it should be so unique you know in, in a way it's like um if everyone could empathize better with the other gender or walk a day in each other's shoes Mm -hmm. needs so much of this but you're right it's in the workplace it's valuable sorry i just started laughing because you said walk another you know walk a day in the other Mm -hmm. shoes and this is all very serious and important okay Mm -hmm. but do you remember that old show that had like they did like intentional black and white face on different races and they had they did like a swap races thing where the families would a a white family would paint them and their like children included would paint their faces black and try to move through the world and then the same for the black family they would paint their faces white so very problematic but they they tried it (laughs) did they learn the right lessons i don't know i think i repressed (laughs) it after then i know it happened and i repressed the outcome okay got it yeah got it okay it happened um Yeah, there, there, are, there are maybe better ways, um, but wow. Um, yeah. It's, but th- this walking in other shoes, it sounds like, you, you know, you've, you've gotten to do it. Uh, you, as, you know, a queer community, a lot of us mm-hmm. get to dabble. Um, and we're, we're always curious. I feel like we don't take as much for granted. Um, and that's what's, what's so beautiful. Um, and it, you even got to, you know, you mentioned with your... Uh, your partner before your current partner, mm-hmm. you know, you had that time of post realization, um, putting back on the makeup, yeah. putting back on the shoes, mm-hmm. kind of backtracking 
um, into the identity, and it sounds like you did it. You did it for them, for her. Yeah, I just felt like it was. I could see how difficult it was. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I get it. Like, I get it in that. It's like I get it. I guess <laughs> I don't know. I I have to. I have to get it because it's like I don't need to figure it out. But I did. It was definitely like a. I saw the fear in your eyes, and I'm going to be a bad bitch in the way that you wanted me to be a bad bitch, I guess, and see if that works. And it didn't mm-hmm. because of other very relevant things. But like the main, the straw that broke the camel's back was yeah. that, that whole thing. Was, was the, was that you were trans? Right. Yeah. Know? The trans. Yeah. The not just the trans thing, but the oh, you're out of the military, and we're gonna start pursuing this. Yeah. Right, yeah. so that uh, there's this action right. behind here now. Right, that is the importance of like um, the reality mm-hmm. of the identity or of the um, of the truth. Almost, exactly. you know, of the truth. Um, it's it's something that I've experienced in a different way in relationship, mm-hmm. where I was with someone and essentially came out as polyamorous. Mm-hmm. while in a monogamous relationship mm-hmm. which is very difficult there was yeah. a lot of slow conversations about and it was a lot of like like you said realizing realizing a truth about myself that finally made my story make sense mm-hmm. like why am I not happy why right. can't I just be with this one person and mm-hmm. not have sex with anyone else etc etc um, and then being like it's because I I don't think anyone right. will ever fulfill all of my needs ever. And um, I don't feel like I need to subscribe to the idea that they should. <laughs> you right. know, like, who, right. who told me that? <laughs> right. So having to tell them. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing to tell them and them to go, okay. And then they, you kind of just keep living life. Right. Uh, and then eventually that falls apart. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the checks definitely come to get cashed. I've had, uh-huh. the, I had the same experience um, kind of. Uh, when moving with my partner to Phoenix, we started talking about where we wanted to move together. Phoenix was like a convenience choice mm-hmm. for a location mm-hmm. for us to meet. And then we're like, where do we want to move? And she said very pointedly, San Francisco. And I said, I love that. <laughs> because when we were choosing to come out to San Francisco, as that came up, I was encountering, I think at that point we had been in a relationship like two and a half, maybe almost three years. Yeah. And I was having the same kind of feeling of like, I feel this about myself. We brought it up in conversation. I talked about on the way in, I was talking to, to my yeah. current partner about how a previous girlfriend, I had introduced that idea to our conversation already. So I'm like bringing this in the door and it was just years of like, okay, we're moving and we're in Phoenix and we're settling and prepping. And then it didn't start coming back to bite anybody in the ass till we're like in San Francisco and this is much more accessible. Mm-hmm. And now we're saying, oh yeah, no, that thing is real. And that um, thing was that thing is like identifying that I also identify as polyamorous and yeah. being in a monogamous relationship yeah. at that time and having my partner having to do an inventory for herself that we want when we're in we want you to do a genuine inventory to see if that kind of dynamic is one that you want mm-hmm. and like sometimes the slowness the patience that that asks for for the person that's had this realization is a lot yeah um, and so yeah that's a same same on that experience Mm -hmm. it yeah it's such a balance of there's patience Mm -hmm. and there's also there's also realizing that maybe someone you know they're not they don't get it maybe maybe they they've already decided it's not for them right and whether or not that's you know 
it's kind of besides the point of whether they eventually will be or won't be or mm-hmm. are or are not. If you can't both own up to it and agree, right? The fact is, one person, uh, one person is poly, one person is not sure. Right. And eventually, that kind of that kind of starts to tear things apart. For for me, at least, it it uh, ended up ending that because I had to live my truth, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it just wasn't it right. wasn't compatible. So yeah. Um, but ama- amazing, we, we did, so we somehow did get back to hey. your current partner, back to it. Um, so you, you met them, we have that beautiful looking back at it story. Looking back at it. Locking those eyes, sounds like you did Phoenix. Yeah. Then you came out here. Exactly, yep, um, we we did that little round the world tour. We So I, we both left the Congress, she went back to Mexico, I went back to D.C. Yeah. I will tell you, like, when I say we, we had big old hard eyes, it's that... That Congress was in September of 2016. By November of 2016, I had a job interview in Phoenix. By the end oh, of wow. December 2016, I had moved back. I had moved to Phoenix and gotten a new job. And okay. then by January, she moved from Mexico back to Phoenix. So it was yeah. definitely a thing. 2019, we moved out to the Bay, saying wow. like, "Okay, this is where we want to be." How beautiful. I mean, right to. I mean, you moved right in together in Phoenix. Uh, we had a year break. Yeah, I had a yeah. roommate that I worked with yeah. for a year, and then we actually got a bigger apartment, and she just moved in with us because she was uh, like paying okay. for a room, but right. always there. So wow. it was a fiscally responsible. So both both moved to Phoenix, but lived separately. We in, yeah, yeah, we went out with the intention of finding separate living, and then right. we tested it out for a year. Or so yeah, which is such an important lesson that I wish <laughs> I would. Um, I wish I would have um, learned, but in San Francisco, you just can't really afford to live separately. <laughs> That's true. Um, hilariously, uh, but <laughs> I, if looking back, I there's there's relationships that I wish I would have um, not moved in as fast as I did. Absolutely. Um, so good. Abs <laughs> the same. No, absolutely. <laughs> I think that like because the Marine Corps adds an interesting mm. thing. So that first relationship that that ended. Um, I, you know, we were living in the barracks. <laughs> we were living in the barracks at first right. in separate little barracky dorm situation, right? Yeah. We're not in the same room, but like we're living in barracks and then we get engaged and like basically getting engaged, we're still living in the barracks. We get married and then we move in together. Yeah. You can't get, cause you can't get like benefits to be able to afford living off base until you're married, oh. you know? So then we start getting the spousal benefits and then we have the ability to afford the house. So like that was absolutely like you know nothing about it. And right. then you're now you're living with you're somebody married. that you just got married right. with and you're like, gotta buy into all of this. Right. <laughs> and you had to get married because that's what allows you to get the benefits to afford the house. The benefits and the acknowledgement medically and all these different mm. things. Like we had our own respective benefits at the time because we were both Marines, but mm. you know, I get out and I become her dependent. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a little shift. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's such a. <laughs> I I I'm not a big fan of the the strangeness of like marriage as like yeah. this one state validated bond that has all these legal right. incentive financial incentives right and legal hurdles. Mm-hmm. Um, such a strange thing. I don't know why it's our solution for healthcare, immigration, yeah. home buying. Like, why is that the yeah? yeah why is that the thing? It, it's just uh, you know I. <laughs> that's a whole episode but yeah, right the, okay the, the, next time I think on queer hearts <laughs> next time on queer hearts you know we i think it's up for questioning 
why are so many of the things we take as necessary, like healthcare, home ownership, um, etc., why do, do many of them depend or become much more possible once you get married? Yeah. What does that right. say about our society? A as far as, right. yeah. why, do you, why do you have to Immoral get married in order to access the privileges mm-hmm. of being married? You know, why is this not uh, an individual thing? Or, you know, better questions, why can't it be a more than one kind of thing, a communal yeah. sort of thing? Um, there's a million ways it could be framed. Um, <laughs> my favorite is just why not give everyone these things without getting married <laughs> right why does that have anything to do with it because we're talking about individual rights right. <laughs> um uh but you know then we'd have to revise our entire immigration Don't policy um and which is terrible in the u.s <laughs> so it's um that is a whole nother question um <laughs> But for now, we, you know, as queer people, we use it. We use it however it uh, helps us. Exactly. So we're glad to have it as a as an option. Yep. Um, whether or not we believe in it, you know. Mm-hmm. So you came to San Francisco with your current partner. Yes. You all started teaching in the queer, mm-hmm. the queer partner dancing space, and tell me about your landing, and in San Francisco and what what started happening okay so what started happening really we had it is like a soft landing the with Jada and Helica they offered us the positions ahead of time they also had yeah. a team that they wanted us to like teach and so I mean they had a team that they wanted us to perform on and so become members of their their intermediate salsa team so we were training virtually they had practices and they would post their videos and we were learning the routine as we were going there to get a rolling start I left I think maybe almost a month ahead because I like to come out as I like to get things settled get the apartment and all that situated and then Vicky comes out Mm. and so we did that we um Got that little running start. I started practicing. Um, the Jahida and Helica also let me stay with them for a couple weeks oh, wow. to like really soften the landing. And that's the importance of queer community. That's importance yeah. of shit like that because they get it. Yeah. Um, and so they they held me for a bit while we got things well, situated. For a house. Or, exactly. Yeah. Got got the apartment sorted. Yeah. I actually moved. We were in the East Bay, and we're, mm. we still live in the East Bay. Um, but yeah, when we got it, what it did is it gave us some structure to run into because I yeah. came here, I had my work already sorted. I had yeah. my start, you start on Monday and I had my, you know, yeah. week, weekly or every other week practices that I was going yeah. to. So I already had a community, yes. had a little bit of yes. built in a soft landing. Yes. And community, it's such a buzzword these days, Yeah, but it's particularly important here mm-hmm. because the city the whole Bay Area is expensive. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people. There's not enough housing. <laughs> right. Uh, that's why it's so expensive. And without, what I've seen is without community, if you don't find it, um, you're just a lot more likely to kind of get kind of kicked out if mm-hmm. you will, or leave because what's the point? Yeah. Um, and so to come in and already have that set up is, is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's very, I feel like it's, it, it does feel hard to like realizing what it had, the, the value of just knowing one person on the way in, mm-hmm. like 
that and that they have a built-in community that you consider safe in any other state or city yep. like that really it it made this last move out of all the moves that i've made <laughs> in my life it made this last move a lot easier yeah. but also i always if people know me i always say that the bay is fertile soil anyways yeah. so coming to the bay really was catalyzing that oh, period yeah. but yeah. you know people moving with the same energy of the bay <laughs> when you're like welcoming you in helps. absolutely so I don't know. I, I would say we're, we're, <laughs> don't come to San Francisco, but <laughs> do. It's, it's beautiful. Um, the Bay, the Bay, the whole Bay Area. Yeah. Um, it is fertile and it's, that's what's so beautiful. But I, I would say it takes, you have to do the work here. Yeah. I think it yeah. rewards really, the Bay is really good at rewarding the people that are doing the work to look in themselves, yes. find the brightest parts and share it with others. Absolutely. And then from there, the ones that are doing the same for those who are at the, you know, a step behind, right? The ones yeah. that are, are in that process too. I think that that, it really rewards people who Absolutely. are on that path. Yeah. Right. It's the, it's the coming the questioning, being right. open, you know, we're the Bay, we're famous for, uh, for, uh, for LGBTQ rights, mm -hmm. uh, for our protests, mm -hmm. for, um, you know, our schools, um, but also for like industries that are very, you know, generally on the cutting edge. Right. Um, and all of that has to do with like everyone really questions everything. You have to question, you have to think, what's mm -hmm. the, what if this, what about mm -hmm. this? Try it on, take yeah. it off. <laughs> Again. Welcome to California. <laughs> um, and to that degree, um, part of that is relationship building. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've been, I've been in several situations where, uh, it's like, oh my God, I, you know, the money is tight, the job's. I don't have a job, you know, mm -hmm. I'm in between and uh, very quickly, you know, you can find yourself really challenged to be right. here. Um, and I find that every time what's kept me here is, you know, close, close friends, relationships, communities, be mm -hmm. it Burning Man, be it the queer community. Um, and so I learned pretty quickly that the most important thing I can work on isn't necessarily career. Um, mm -hmm. It's like those personal relationships and communities yeah. that hold you up and give you a reason to stay and exactly. will house you. Uh, yeah, they will. <laughs> <laughs> when you're, and you'll do it for them too yeah. because uh, that's, how, that's, that's how, how it works. How it works. Yeah. yeah. And thing is like the, you know, community is a buzzword and like it's a regionally a buzzword for us because like this is a place that practices community. Community is also a practice. It's not this is like right. ambiguous thing Habit. that you float in. You know, it's not traffic. Can't buy you know, it. you are not community. You, right. you are traffic. So it's, this, right. it's a thing. It's a practice. It's a way of engaging. So that's part of it. Yes, homie, you can sleep on my couch. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, your shit's flooded, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. We are gonna find a way for you to, to you know make make rent. We are gonna exactly. share that advice. Yeah. Um, so that's that's who I see sticking around here for long periods of time, despite its uh, I would say financial hostility. <laughs> very hostile. <laughs> she, she's kick you right out. All right. Um, yeah. No. How beautiful. So you're with your partner. You're here. You're landing. You're exploring yourselves. Mm -hmm. You come out as poly here. Um, or just before. It's really the, yeah, the card got pulled. Like, so just before mm -hmm. we, the conversation was brought up, but it was just so, mm -hmm. uh, there was lack of structure to the, the thought. It was really an introductory thing of like, remember back, you know, two and a half years ago when we started dating and I mentioned this, like mm -hmm. we're about to move. Like, I want to let you know, this is still something. So let's talk about it. Um, and coming to the city really like, 
again, I did, since I was here a month ahead of her, I landed in the two safe spaces. I was already dancing because of the dancing. And then I went to the nearest safest bar, which I consider the safest ones to be kind of like leather bars. So Mm -hmm. I land in the city to the nearest safest bar. And from there, there was an active pledge process and I was able to meet uh, Mm. people that are are really my core friend group at this point. So which, which leather bar? Yes, so SF Eagle. There was a beer bust. Yeah, there was a beer bust outside. And um, I did some time like working in security for clubs. So usually if I'm new at a place, I'll still just like hang by the door or somebody in security and chat them up, you know. Mm. Um, It's my comfort zone, even within the comfort zone, as I like, as I eye the community. And so I was able to chat with a couple of OGs from the leather community in San Francisco fairly quickly. I was introduced to Graylin, who is uh, Graylin Thornton, who's a president of the Onyx Northwest chapter here. And so I just, I saw this black man who was safe. He was calm. Mm -hmm. Um, He was assuring. He said, yes, this is your place. You can hang out with me. And that was it, (laughs) you know. Amazing. So that's how you got introduced to Onyx. Mm -hmm. And tell us, what is Onyx? Onyx is a leather club for black and brown men. Um, it's really just to educate, empower, and inform about the uniqueness of that experience moving through leather and kink spaces. Yeah. You know, if we think of leather and kink and the iconography or the imagery that people draw on their mind quickly, it's usually a Tom of Finland base, which is yeah. very white, uh, cis gay, leather cop imagery, things yeah. like that are yeah. very kind it's of so, yeah. actively <laughs> anti, um, yeah. anti-black. And so it, it informs our, our way of moving and how folks get interacted with in those spaces very readily. So Onyx is just, um, it's a national thing, but we have uh, Mm. different regional chapters. So the Northwest chapter is from here. Used to be Seattle and we're, or Seattle bunch is like baby birding Mm. off because they're realizing culturally we're having a lot of different things going on. And so, yeah, we we kind of hatch off a little bit. Sweet. Um, And so you, was this, You'd been to leather bars before, San yes. Francisco. Mm-hmm. So you kind of came. That's why you sought out this space. Exactly. This is your first time joining a, we would call it a like a, a community or a onyx. What would we? What would we call it's it? a it's a club. It's technically a, a nonprofit, but it's a there leather club. Yeah, yeah, with pledges and members and right. associate members and right, which means there's roles. Mm-hmm. There's um, boards. There. Board. Yeah. 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 That's mm-hmm. the official organization of, and onyx is is, uh. You know, I see them help promote parties. Mm-hmm. I think they also do some charity work, donating exactly. to various causes. Fun fact about the Bay, pretty much all of our parties mm-hmm. somehow donate money to charity. And mm-hmm. I think that's something pretty unique um, to this yeah. to this part of the world. Yeah, I think it's really nice. There's always an alignment, I feel like, um, in black and queer spaces mm-hmm. of celebration mm-hmm. um, and like support, networking, community. Yeah. Like we realize that we, we got to we gotta run this shit ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. yeah, we got to give back to it. Every, we try to work really closely with the uh, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, have oh, had yes. a very long, positive relationship. Our home bar is Powerhouse, another leather bar. It's like yeah. we have monthly things there you know yeah. it's we try it we try to tie it in i think right. the community again the community is good at that <laughs> yes no, it's something that i well uh, i guess i took it for granted at first yeah but now i realize the importance of when your community is throwing the party for each other mm-hmm. right we have so many that we have leather we have all the kink communities mm-hmm. we have all these different queer communities all these different Burning Man camps. Right. And 
I really, you could find anything you want here. But the beauty of it often is that the organizations throwing the parties are nonprofits. Right. And because they're really just doing it to fund themselves and to donate to charity, you see that passion come through and they end up having the best parties. Yeah. Commodified parties aren't much of a thing here in the queer community or the kink community because, frankly, they're just not good. <laughs> like, if you're just, if your only goal with a party is to sell it, yeah, you focus on the selling and not in yeah the experience and the people and the relationship with them. Exactly. Like, yeah, I I have an off an off record comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let, yeah, we will talk about it. I, I will say I, I have always hated circuit parties because they are they are the mass produced like come yes. here, yeah, the whole near you for profit, <laughs> for you know they make tons of money. They have high prices. Yeah, they're you know they don't ask for volunteers. All of our parties are volunteer you know based, mm. and so you everyone's involved. Right, you build in. And so it's like through this, it's like you get this realization of like, oh, like if you don't sell something and instead you build it together it's better right and that's <laughs> and it's like what else could this apply to you know right because like, america really loves to you know capitalism selling the thing commodification right. purchase a product right return on investment yeah. now what did i get out of this yeah. i think like because like onyx has onyx tries to upkeep that and we have the monthly bar nights um mm -hmm. either to fund ourselves sometimes or to to go to like the sisters um and it feels like like when it comes to community coming um organizing i just got my toes wet and using like onyx the awareness of onyx to start making new spaces mm -hmm. um and i feel like when you have a party you think of like, I have this lovely party idea. This is the best party ever. I just need a venue. I just need a this. Yeah. Um, but that party, for me, I got the exact opposite. Being Black Trans Mask, Powerhouse being the home bar of Onyx, offered for some of our Black Trans Mask like, community members to start creating a party just for us. Mm. And so it's like, it's weird to be like, I have this party and I need an opportunity and then have it be, I've cre I have an opportunity to make a space and what kind of party, like, what do I do with it? And yeah. so like, we do want people to show up and it's like, it's, it's interesting to now in the black trans spectrum and where I'm at on my timeline to be like, now we actually have people saying, hello, trans people, we need your party. <laughs> I'm like, interesting, uniquely yeah. Bay Area. It feels yeah. very uniquely Bay Area. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, that's, I'm, but it's, it's good that now the, it is coming full circle. People see the gaps mm -hmm. and want to pull in, uh, pull in more diversity. Right. Uh, and make sure that, representative and giving that space and there can always be more but right it's good i you mentioned so what you, you know you come to onyx uh become part of it now you're working on organizing parties mm -hmm. how does this all relate back to dance great question so <laughs> when it comes to the main there's a before and after for dance for me which uh, mm -hmm. which aligns with the onyx like pledge process and becoming a member so um, I didn't get top surgery for me, a, a barrier that I didn't realize how huge it was for me being, uh, allowed to, I guess, allowing myself to start practicing being present in my body was mm -hmm. having top surgery. 
Like I didn't realize just how absent I had been in all of my experiences until that obstacle for me was wow. removed. Yeah. Um, and when we talk about fertile soil, when it comes to the dance community, uh, my partner and I were teaching a beginners bachata team. We had like six uh, couples. Yeah. And so one of our students, we were traveling down in Oaxaca in the before oh, times. Yeah. So we actually okay. flew back the day that everything shut down for COVID. Oh we got back. We landed just in time from Mexico. Oof. But during um, during one of our trips with one of our students, she noticed that I was getting ready for a social and it was extremely hot, mm. but I was still choosing to wear like a blazer, like a button up jacket. Mm. And so she said, Hey, I've noticed this. Um, I work in kind of community funding, like crowdfunding, crowdsourcing. Can yeah. I help you? And you know, I was my realist, a pessimist. I'm like, that's great. Nobody is going to care enough about me in this place. I just moved to to do anything like that. Thank right. you. Like I'll do what you say, but I just can't, I can't allow myself to get invested in something like this, like in the, in, in the outcome. Uh, but then that being said in six months, her plus community, her plus dance community and wow. their emanating radiating queer communities and allies raised $12,000 yeah. oh for my top surgery. That's so amazing. yeah, like wow. that, it ties into, and that was here. And yeah. like, it was, uh, it was, I moved here in 2019 and yeah. by the end of 2020, I had yeah. top surgery and it was, it was complete, didn't, I think I put in like a thousand dollars you know, wow. we try to pay as much as you can, but they really took right. it and ran. It's like, and it was through that dance community. It was like, that's the strength of the queer mm -hmm. partner dancing community. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's exactly right. Cause right. the whole dance company were queer. Like the whole point of it was right. to have this queer dance space. Wow. And they, so my, my student who has a trans masculine partner is looking at me and is saying, I'm going to help you. You're my teacher and right. I have community and we're going to do this. Right. And they did it. So like when it comes to wow. that was kind of ironically enough, that act of love from like the wow. couple Latin dancing scene yeah. kind of sealed mm. my sealed it closed. I didn't wow. go back to Latin dancing after that trip. Coincidentally, wow. we, you know, we flew back from Oaxaca um, and everything shut down. So the momentum of going to, going to classes, places, everything right. stopped. Right. Um, and when it comes to over that year of silence, I get top surgery right. from community. Right. And then after then I get opportunities for photo shoots and I get asked to dance in new ways. Mm. And so, yeah, like top surgery sealed it closed. The Latin, the Latin community showed me that big love on the way out. Yeah. And then dance really looked a lot different since then. I apparently yeah. a lot less clothing these days. I think that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yes. um, and to it's just that that feeling you know of someone giving you this giving you this thing you know $12,000 is, is hefty mm -hmm. but it also came from so many different people right and it's not something you expected feels like it not something I thought was possible yeah. literally like I I'm in most of the experiences of my life it was is pretty hard to picture that anybody right. could care that much about me and my discomfort and my yeah. whatever you know yeah so it worked though it worked then things are gone right <laughs> right um i guess for anyone that doesn't know top surgery is top surgery is uh, essentially a double mastectomy one that's done in 
a, a way to hopefully, well, I guess depending on the, the person get, getting the surgery's preference, it may be cosmetically done um, with skill uh, yeah. to aesthetically place nipples, to do things like that, to have a more male, a traditionally male, cis male appearing chest. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then that changed, of course. One, it was during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it's like this interesting period where everyone's making big life changes. Right. Because they're kind of forced to. <laughs> everyone's looking at their own shit in the mirror. <laughs> right. And so uh, as were you and uh-huh. um, internally and then moving through into this new body, you mentioned before, you, you mentioned you, you maybe something about you, you didn't feel as in the body. Oh, absolutely. And now? There is, yeah, it was... I didn't realize how much like just not having top surgery made me feel like I was carrying around a dirty little secret, mm-hmm. you know, like having, having to bind your chest and having this constant, uh, you have this constant pressure, this awareness yeah. that's like, it's literally this, this literally. weight, the weight of your, of your Rest. reality and your breasts yeah. being bound to try to be yeah. flat, right. you know, and like all these things, like you have a physical pressure this whole time reminding you that you have this here. Wow. Can I hug you? You know, do I, am I going to right. out myself by hugging you? Do I care? You right. know, wait. And then you resolve in yourself like, oh, how can I not like this part of my body? Like it's my queerness. Right. You know, it's like, this right. is, it's this whole thing. Um, but yeah. the, the before and after of it is that like now I, I get to not skip over places when I look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much I was looking myself in the face mm-hmm. and I hadn't even seen my body in so right. long. Right. Who knows what that body looked? I didn't even look at it. You know, right. you just kind covered. of you 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 get covered yeah. as quickly as you can. Yeah, you know, you get yeah. you get covered layers layers. Ah, there we go. Yeah, and you don't look at your body. Yeah. Um. So it was the practice of doing, being brave enough to do the opposite, mm-hmm. uh, to to do that to walk outside. Um. Yeah. It took me very little time to start taking my shirt off outside. <laughs> let me tell you that. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, to do that, to have to allow people to take pictures of you yeah. um, without your shirt, to let someone show you what you look like now mm-hmm. in post, <laughs> I guess. Right. So. Right. Yeah. So just, it, feels, it feels good. It feels good. It feels scary because you want to mm. do it right now. You don't want to not, after all, at least for me, uh, in the you of my experience, like after all that effort, all the community love, the action, mm. the change, the you know, the really psh, like this thing, you got it. Yeah. Like it makes you want to take that space yeah. in yourself. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone's rooting for you. Yeah. It's like I, giving I, you this gift. Exactly. I'm like, yeah. I got to at least try to be me the right way and ask yeah. more and more about that, you know? Yeah. And the impact of how I'm seen, how I'm interacted with is completely different. So mm-hmm. when it comes to dancing, now I go, go dance. So I am yeah. absolutely a shiny decoration, yeah. um, you know? And with that, it's like how I'm perceived directly mm-hmm. impacts how it is yes. and like how, how it is for me to have a good or a bad night. So. Yes. Yes, now I understand. I also go to dance since I was uh, what twenty? Twenty. Yeah. 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 Ooh, yeah. A professional two stepper. Um, I don't know why. Do I know why? <laughs> I could, I'd have to psychoanalyze myself. Why? Yeah. Why did I want to go go dance? But it has something mm. to do, I think, with you know, growing up and being fairly small. Um, lots of acne. I was obese at one point. Um, 
not liking my body, not being in my body, mm-hmm. um, not knowing how to express myself and dance. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, like I said, you know, I was twirling before puberty, I was twirling in towels and yeah. ABBA and all of this. And then I kind of got the gist that men don't do that. Mm-hmm. And so both dancing and my body kind of went in a hole. And uh, um, all of a sudden, you know, in college, I was like, oh, these absolutely need to come out. Yeah. Um, and go dancing was my way of, I mean, sure, you could say it, it was just validation. Mm-hmm. I think that's minimizing it. It um, uh, Yeah. And it, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it, no, it is. But it is like, I get what you're saying. Like the... It's the, for me, it was stepping into my own, like, sexuality. Go-go dancing is very sexy. It um, is. Oh, yeah. And my own, you know, being, being able to put yourself out there naked. Mm-hmm. Almost. Essentially. Almost naked. Right. Uh, in front of other people. And your goal as a go dancer is to help people have a fun. time, yeah. Help people have fun. It is to be sexy. Right. Um, it's to create a mood that wants, makes people want to, dance, well, buy drinks, <laughs> right. but, uh, but also but also dance, Mainly have fun. You're there basically as the, um, the show, the inspirational show. Or it's the not ambiance. the stand there and watch. We're yeah, trying it's, to, it's like warming the room. Warming, That's what we're trying to do. Bad. Very you know, bad. that's a, and with go go dancing, like <coughs> being being in yourself with go go dancing is very the same for me. It's like right. I'm taking the chance of really, but it is specifically yes. I'm taking the chance of like my golden hour in the full length floor mirror moment that I normally have in like my living room, right. and trying to see if I can have that joy and try to keep being that genuine yep. space taking self of like really I'm fucking yep. getting it in the mirror yeah. you know I'm having a good ass Absolutely. time can I still do that in my assigned space can I yeah. do I dare to do that and have that joy and have that dance here as well because yes. it's like go-go dancing gets to be individualistic I was really intimidated being asked to go-go dance because like there are some phenomenal dancers right there, there are people are. who are hip-hop <laughs> hip-hop like pro yes. dancers all these contemporary yes. dancers that just go go for funsies, right? For right. the extra gig work, right? Um, and yeah. so, yeah. like going into that thing and realizing that, like, I can really just as long as I'm genuinely having fun and I'm taking space, at least the way that I approach go going, mm-hmm. um, like if I'm having fun and I'm taking space, I really feel like the conductor of the vibe. Like you see Absolutely. people start walking in, you start right. having fun, they lock right. eyes, you get right. to get you. By giving yourself permission to have that yes, joy and take that is. space, you tell them they that can they do. can too. Mm-hmm. Actually, you should, boo. <laughs> Come back oh, here absolutely. and take space. Dance oh. with me. Yes. You I, know. I love getting someone to dance with me. Like, right. Have a moment cheering them on. And you're right. It came with, when I was first go-go dancing, I copied a lot of moves from the masculine go-go dancers I thought I needed to appear like. Mm-hmm. Um, I started go-go dancing in Korea, so that was strange. Um, but yeah, not... <laughs> a little different culturally, yeah, of course. Um, but I think I really started actually in in LA, mm-hmm. and the rejection of I went I went to like every gay bar in LA and was like I'd like to dance, mm-hmm. and I started working out because I know that's one of the messages LA gives you is you need to look amazing, right? Um, one of the reasons I'm not such a big fan of it because <laughs> it's not exactly grounding. Um, yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, there's this pressure to have this fantastic body and this presence and um, I got turned away from Mm -hmm. pretty much every bar um, some auditions and I would have always looked around and realized everyone around me was very masculine in the way they danced Mm -hmm. and 
and surprisingly, a lot were straight <laughs> at these mm-hmm. gay bars. And then I found, luckily, the the, uh, the kinky bar, the leather bar um, in downtown. Its name is the... Oh, I'll have to remember it. I wish I went down there enough to tell you. Precinct. Oh, Precinct. Yeah, BCLA, the, yes. the, that one. Yes. yes. The Precinct. There are a couple of queer parties there. Yeah, other go-go's from here, I yes. think, started a couple of parties there. Too. It's great because it's a truly queer, kink, you know, positive space. Yeah. And they saw me... I think they saw my potential. It's like this boy has been all over the. He wants to dance. Yeah. Let's give him. Let's give him a slot. And uh, and they were so welcoming and loving. I met some, uh, some great guys there, and started it off. Um, and it still took years though before I could dance like I do today. Mm-hmm. By incorporating now, I'm I'm twirling again. Yeah. Know? The feminine comes out. There's, Good. There's Vogue. Um. There's like the the female hip-hop moves the, yeah where it's like you're twerking your hips are a big part of it um and now it's just a beautiful blend of, of you know the gendered dancing which i don't give a fuck about anymore <laughs> it's much it's much less uh, an arduous process when you're learning the techniques and skills that are more reflective of you right it feels uh, for me the same thing with seeing those masculine dance moves and i'm like babe i'm trying to practice like mm-hmm. just being a dude i'm like I, I mean, it's that feeling of like am i putting on all these expectations of myself right. again because i'm mask and i'm dancing right yeah. i'm like girl I actually like mask use that term very loosely yeah. i've realized that i'm like Beard does not equal mask, which is the last thing that I'm shedding from my whole like pack of shit that I put on myself. Is that just because I love the body hair that I have now yeah. and the facial hair and all these things, you know, RIP top of the head hair, but I do have this lovely like triangle in the back of my head that's compensating. Yeah. Um, but like with all of that, I you said something about like the chance that precinct gave you and finding that community. Mm-hmm. Like when I Name drop. Simone did it for me too. Okay, no, out of the way. So Simone did it for me too with the <laughs> yes. Young Hearts party. It gave yeah. me that first chance, that first safe space to be like, you yeah. get to be whatever kind. Of, you know, this right. is this transgalactic, you know, interdimensional. Right. Can't remember yes. the tagline, but like words. that yeah. thing. Like, it's and so I'm like, party. exactly. Yes. And I showed up there with a fucking like uh, astronaut mask and like uh, all these different things, like yes. living in whatever little spaceman exactly. world I wanted to be in. And, like, when you get the opportunity to be on the other side of, like, either Precinct's side or on Simone's side to be right. the one opening that space, it's so great. And, like, I just had the opportunity to do that last, yeah, like, a couple weeks ago at the at the little trans mask party. We had, like, a go-go competition. The whole point was to say, we're booking you for two gigs. You get a, an annual title. You get this. You're okay. going to, you know, yeah. give you this first spot. And we're, like, first come. Like, if this is your first time dancing and practicing being your, being yourself, Please come here. Get paid to do it. Compete. Um, get booked from here. <laughs> like we will name drop you because wow. the kind of like the kind of like instant. I don't know. Like it's like an exponential growth of like community once you start getting booked and saying yes, yes. to the things where yes. people are asking you to be more yourself. Yes. When it's like if it's uncomfortable because they're asking you to step more into yourself or step outside in an expanse yes. away from yourself. Yes. You got to start saying yes to those. Yes. And isn't that such a different question than the offer to perform but tone yourself down mm-hmm. or to perform and like turn it up? Right. Like we don't want you to just perform like you think you should or like other people are. We want you to do you. Be you. Um, 
and that's that's the beauty of it, mm-hmm. right? That's definitely the beauty of the city and Simone's party, uh, young um, <laughs> right? How amazing! It's, um, I think goes well into, you know, how our, our both of our agendas mm-hmm. have affected our dance, um, you know, mm-hmm. as you, as you transition, but then also as you move through life and associated with queerness in different ways. Um, it's it's this beautiful relationship of your identity affects the way you dance. You know, we talked about the weight of a certain way uh, mm-hmm. you look or the way other people look and how you think you should dance, but then also how dance ultimately is gonna show you who you are because you're like, you can feel the music, how you want to move. Right. And that's your own expression that's mm-hmm. coming from within. If you want to twirl to it, you, you do. And it um, and then you can throw in some mask stuff too, some femme stuff. And then the best part is when you just stop thinking about <laughs> what gender you're dancing as. Right. Uh, and that's, I, th- I think, such the, the beauty of it, um, getting free of like, I'm dancing as a gender. Yeah, well, you're Schrodinger's queer, honestly. That's the best case, you know? Like, what are you doing differently when you're observed, right? If you're twirling, if you have this and you find this joy and you're taking this space and dancing in this way, what is Schrodinger's queer? Why, what is changing when, right. you're, when you're observed in that? And, like, why? You know, what is changing? What am I doing differently? And investigate that border of, like, okay, well, whose who's voice is telling me that this needs to be different? Right. Is it the space that I'm in? Is this the right space for me? Right. Um, is it, you know, is it something I put on myself? Right. Can I take that off? Yeah. <laughs> and who put it on me? <laughs> you know. It's a good point. Clothing clothing mm-hmm. affects the mm-hmm. way you feel, certainly. Um, long, flowy mm-hmm. things typically mm-hmm. will elicit more of a twirling oh yeah there's you know? a natural twirl that comes out there's Absolutely. a fluid you embody clothing and i think the why that's why it's clothing embodying right. clothing is fine right, right. And, but it's so ridiculous that you know the fluid clothing mm-hmm. we associate with femininity weird but huh? it's like hmm, actually <laughs> if anyone puts on flowy clothing the first thing they're gonna do is spin around exactly yeah if anybody like <laughs> right. put a put a, put a long dangly the long like flowy anything uh-huh, a uh-huh. robe a ro- anything a dress, a skirt, a skirt, a cape. You could give me a scarf, and I might mess around. Absolutely, <laughs> you know. I absolutely would. I absolutely would. Um, and and then the opposite, you know, being able to show a full chest mm-hmm. and full arms, and for everything to be tight, and to right. wear things like what go-go dancers wear, boots, <sighs> high-top shoes. Such intimidating lack of clothes. Like honestly, <laughs> <laughs> sport. We wear sports equipment essentially. Literally. Yeah. And how does sports equipment influence the way you move? Well, right. pretty masculinely. Yes. And yeah. It's fun the, too. The white jock strap definitely is like yep. reserved for my more masculine gigs or the mm-hmm. nights that I'm like feeling more of that. Mm-hmm. We do have the harnesses with tassels and fringe on them, but Absolutely. you know, sometimes the white jock strap does it. And that right there, though, that piece, a harness with tassels and fringe, you know, a harness mm-hmm. is a tight tight-fitting thing that goes on the chest mm-hmm. um it's a kink piece of kink gear but now we're going to put tassels and fringe on it <laughs> exactly. and now we've queered something because it's now i mean it's already it was already gay right um like gay men i'm not gonna say we invented the harness right definitely repurposed it <laughs> um, it was for horses uh <laughs> now we wear it um the point is we've now taken something that's very masculine masculine gay sure mm-hmm. and thrown something on it that 
flows. Yeah. It now feels more feminine. No, where is it? Oh, well, that's that's a great <laughs> question. But also, who cares? Who cares? Also, <laughs> everything, we can revise it. We've revised it. You all take notes. We can take notes on clothes, revise it. We can take notes on ourselves, revise it. Absolutely. You know, and also, like, if there's a... If you want to narrow it down to capitalism, if there's a market, baby, if I want fringe on this thing, if there's a market, baby, you better make it for me. One of the good sides of capitalism (laughs) is that it it will go to market. Pay queer artists, though. Go to your local queer leather maker. Absolutely. (laughs) Get on Etsy. Mm -hmm. uh, Go go local. Right. Um, It's it's beautiful the way just a piece of clothing changes. And it's it's important, I think, as we're doing question why clothing makes you feel more in your gender mm-hmm. or less uh and how that is important and yeah um the power of that yeah. putting on something else you may feel more or less uh power in a certain way but mm-hmm. why not play with both right yeah that's what i say <laughs> i like to investigate embarrassment embarrassment shame Ooh. any of those things that show themselves as i'm moving through my experience mm-hmm. i like to investigate where they came from who are you where did you come from oh absolutely i i wonder tell me tell me more about the investigation of those why do you investigate them um, because I think it's like, I, in discomfort in a way has informed the forward progress of my life. I've always really been kind of like resolved the discomfort yeah. and being a trans person, like the big discomfort, you know, ends up being your body yourself and all these things pretty, pretty often. But then yeah. when it, when you get so out of that, what I'd say that, you know, the, the fire drill experience of like, okay, I've survived the, the most distracting thing which is my body i've now right. post top surgery i've survived that now i can start looking at the where i interface mm-hmm. and say is this thing <laughs> you know like when it comes to let's say like uh i process uh, i sometimes i process a lot of shame and embarrassment mm-hmm. um <laughs> when it comes to dancing trying new things practicing kink and dem- demos yeah. uh things like that and right. it's, it'll be for doing things the right way and trying and yeah. being new but adult you know adult learned embarrassment keeps you from yeah. from just being yourself without asking why or if you can first yeah no it's very true adult learned meaning as children you just kind of do something yeah because we want to you're feeling it mm-hmm. and it's beautiful and there's leniency with children you know you don't mm-hmm. judge a child for a lot of things mm-hmm. until around puberty of course then you're like hey 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 <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to start you know conforming to these these gender roles. right and so that's where you ask it's like is that shame like is this right. one of those things that i started hearing or is this still an right. expression of me like is it an expression of me or an, is it good because of this or is it bad because of this yeah, right. you know i once read something by a psychologist who, who said you know all of our childhood is a beautiful wonderland and then around puberty we create a box and we start to put parts of ourselves inside that box mm-hmm. um, until we're like in our 20s where we then realize that everything we put inside that box uh, we actually need to survive we need all of them actually <laughs> in the same place yeah. yeah we actually need to take them back out of the box mm-hmm. the problem is they've all been in that box for yeah. so long you know um, all these parts of ourselves that we realize that someone told us you can't do that, you mm-hmm. can't be this way, you can't yeah. behave this way. Yes. Suddenly we're like, I need to behave this way because if I don't, I'm 
you know, I'm gonna die. Yeah, I'm like this is it's literally harmful to me right. to not do this. Yeah. yeah. And then now the work of <laughs> the work mm-hmm. of your twenties, they say, is picking things out of that mm-hmm. box and bringing them back to life because it's like a plant. It's mm-hmm. been in the darkness. It's been in the darkness for years. Yeah. And shoved in the in the tiny box. And you're like, you gotta, okay, can I dust off this flowy yeah. skirt thing again? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Let me try. Mm-hmm. And it's like so, you know, a, a me like revisiting my femininity mm-hmm. um, and not, not judging it um, and queerness and sexuality. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 a, it's a story. It's a common queer story. It's, um, I think to, as we're getting towards the end now, um, I wonder how might you... Um, what would you say to let's say yourself um if you could go back uh and give give yourself some advice about dancing um at a younger age yeah i think like when it comes to looking at myself as a dancer when i was young i'm like what was i do why was i there you know what was i looking for at that time and is there anything i felt like i could have benefited from with a little nugget of knowledge and i think the main thing is to to say yes to those things sooner so once you get to that point if you're somebody who's dancing and you have the opportunity to say yes to um those those challenges or those gigs or that opportunity to ask mm. you to come into yourself um, or step out of a self that has been uncomfortable for you yeah. um, than to say yes to that more frequently. So hopefully there's no barriers to being able to acknowledge those opportunities when they mm. come up because there may be. For me, a barrier was my physical self and you know right. things like that that kept me from being more preoccupied with that. But if you don't have that and you are being you know, given that genuine space to be your 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 whole self then say yes to those opportunities do the scary thing be the student Mm. um (laughs) don't let yourself don't let shame or that little weird embarrassing twin like twinge down your back or whatever that tells you ee that's weird i don't want to do it like don't listen to that one because it's probably not your voice (laughs) yeah right it's not listening to that that shame Mm -hmm. um which has a role. It can keep you safe yes. in a dangerous space. Um, so can anxiety. <laughs> but it's those aren't like, things no, you want to live with. No. Yeah, you gotta get away from <laughs> the dangerous space. <laughs> right. Um, been there. Uh, <laughs> and yet, yeah, you're right. Seeing that shame, you know, uh, talking to it, inviting. Why? Why are you here? Do I need you? And and eventually overcoming. Right. And stepping yeah. into. I I wonder. You know, I think this all ties back as the last, the last, I'll say it's an impossible question Mm. is, you know, it sounds like partner dancing, um, as beautiful as it is, as uh, a preservation of culture Mm -hmm. and as a language and as a way to meet people and as a community, Mm -hmm. um, it's still, like we said, is so, um, so obsessed with the gender roles, Mm -hmm. um, appearances, customs. You know, in a way, is it is it harming, you know, progress in uh, humanity uh, to essentially dismantle some of the power uh, of gender over people over, um, you know, in a way, as beautiful as it is, uh, 
is it perhaps doing more more harm than good? How might we change it? You know. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. So that's why. Yeah. Well, yes, of course, <laughs> it's doing harm. And I think that, like, Ugh. yeah, it's it's it, and anything that's reductive, anything that's asking you to cut off perfectly good parts of yourself in order mm. to fit into there. Right. Like, no. Very specific like, Yeah. These right. are, per- I have perfectly good parts of me. There's space for this here. And mm-hmm. for something else, I have to cut it off because of this boxer, this box, this male, this female, this lead follow. Right. Um, and lead and follow are the progressive terms now. Getting, if right. you can get yourself a Latin instructor that will say lead and follow as opposed to ladies and gentlemen right. or guys, men, women, right. um, then you're really in a progressive Latin dance space. Right. So that's where they're at right now right. overall. But yeah, I think that how do we do that? You do things like in La Cache Dance that you, if you have a community, make it yourself. How yeah. do those communities exist? How do they persist? Right. In the ways that we talked about earlier of we make our things for ourselves. We have volunteers. We in, yeah. integrate our community in our events. We, we do this for our next organization, our next whatever. Right. The mirrors of ourselves that we see trying to do good. Right. Um, that's really to the uh, answer the unanswerable question. It's like it's only with more of that, yeah. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> it's how it's you know a central point across our, all of our lives that some of the things we love most, um, we realize actually you know have picked hurt us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And have to some degree. Uh, our relationship with those things, just like our relationship with our lovers, mm-hmm. can hurt us. Yeah, and we can still love them, mm-hmm. and we can still want them, want the best for them. And in this case, uh, unlike a person, I wouldn't say you should change a person. You can adopt mm. and change, you right. know, partner dancing to be, you know, work for you exactly, um, and to queer it. Like I'm sure the queer space has yes. Um, what makes it queer, for example, um, the exchange of you can basically you can lead or follow whatever mm-hmm. you want. You can present however you want. Exactly. Yes, the um, presentation, yeah. the the energies. It's also it's like the presentation. Like it's it's funny to think it's like you can present however you want. But most of the one of the more shocking things I think I see when we're talking about blurring those gender roles in dance is that when you have somebody that's embodying that either the masculinity or the something like that putting on the essence of the different lead mm-hmm. is what i feel like is really disrupting and distracting to people who aren't ready to see it i don't want to see this this woman moving so masculinely why is she why you're da- dancing a caribbean uh, a sensual bachata dance and why are these two women actually doing this in this way, mm-hmm. right? There have been times, and just to kind of put a pin at least in that statement, like, for example, there were two professional female, high-level professional Latin dancers. They were in, like, I believe, Dubai, and they danced a, a kind of a, a hypersexual, but uh, a standard bachata sensual dance together. Right. Uh, right. And it was ended up being a pretty big, big deal thing. legally yeah. um, in that place. Yeah. So perspective saying we have all these queer tumultuous traumas and there are still right. countries to where it's like it is legally a problem and growingly more so in America. In the U.S., yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, legally a problem to exhibit certain Absolutely. characteristics and ways of moving. Yeah, yeah. Um, really not, yeah. The policing of gender and the legal enforcement of gender roles and appearance and behavior right. is not something I want to see and something that right. makes Dubai a very, you know, I, I don't I can't say it ever I could ever go there and yeah. feel uh, feel safe certainly, um, wow, but thank you so much for sharing. I think we ended 
you know, positive in all this. Of course. The <laughs> sto- these stories of, like, through changing the system, right? And it's mm-hmm. not in any malicious way and just being oneself um, and just spreading that love and that permission. Like, just as in go-go dancing, mm-hmm. you give people permission to dance however they want by doing however you want. It's beautiful that now you're giving, though you may not see it, permission to everyone in partner dancing to dance however they want mm-hmm. uh, queerly and um, by being uh, by being a trans person you know permission for future generations to mm-hmm. embody themselves yeah you're per- you have permission to take that space to be yourself mm-hmm. to be acknowledged for that to ask to do more of it and also to get paid for it it's true <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely well, thank you so much Ray and thank you, um, that's our show so long <laughs> <laughs>